the dogma of the Trinity, which teaches us that there is one God in three divine persons. That dogma, that teaching, may sound theoretical and abstract, but in reality, my brothers and sisters, this dogma, this teaching, has some very practical implications for our daily lives. I'll share just one of those implications with you this morning in my homily, but it's an important one because it relates to a controversial social issue of our day. This dogma of the Trinity reminds us that the one true God, the God of all creation, is actually a family of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each is omnipotent, all-powerful. Each is omniscient, all-knowing. Each is eternal. Each is God. If you can't fully understand that, don't worry. Neither can I. Neither can any human person. If this is true, and of course as Catholics we believe it is, if God is indeed a trinity of persons, and if we as human beings are made in God's image and likeness, as Scripture tells us we are, then so-called gay marriage, is not within the realm of human possibility. Oh sure, a state or a society can choose to make it legal through a legislative act or a judicial decision. But if such a thing happens, as it did a few years ago in nearby Massachusetts, then that's all it is. Legal. It's not real. And it's not real, that is to say, a gay marriage can never be a marriage in the true sense of the term because of who God is as a trinity of persons and because of who we are as human beings made in his image and likeness. Now I know that requires a bit of an explanation, so here it is. In the Blessed Trinity, the Father loves the Son with an intense, perfect, eternal love. This love is so intense that it's actually another person, the Holy Spirit, who, as the Nicene Creed tells us, proceeds from the Father and the Son. So please notice, my brothers and sisters, in the Blessed Trinity, love is fruitful. And that's the key word, the key concept. Fruitfulness. The Father loves the Son. And from that love, the Holy Spirit proceeds eternally. Pope John Paul II when he was our Holy Father, gave a talk back in 1988 to a group of young people. 
And in that talk, he said this very important line. He said, Christian family life is a reflection of the life of the Blessed Trinity, where there is mutual giving and receiving of love among the three divine persons. Notice, Christian family life is a reflection of the life of the Blessed Trinity. That really shouldn't surprise us. Because we're made in the image and likeness of God. As I said earlier, our family life is to reflect the life of the Blessed Trinity because we've been made in the image and likeness of the Blessed Trinity. All that having been said, if a marriage here on earth is to reflect the life of the Blessed Trinity properly, that marriage obviously must be fruitful. Or at least it must have the natural potential to be fruitful. It has to be fruitful, or at least potentially so, because the Father's love for the Son in the Blessed Trinity is fruitful. But a so-called gay marriage can never be fruitful, can it? If you don't understand that, go get a biology textbook. Two men cannot have a natural child of their own. Two women cannot have a natural child of their own. It is biologically impossible. Only the marriage of a man and a woman has the natural potential to be fruitful. I'll conclude my homily this morning by saying this. There are many reasons to oppose gay marriage. Hopefully we all do. One of the most important is that children thrive best when they are nurtured by a man and a woman who are committed to one another in a traditional marital relationship. Studies have shown this again and again and again. This used to be common sense, by the way. Everybody intuitively understood this 50 or 60 years ago. Now we need studies by sociologists and psychologists to tell us what we intuitively knew for years. But anyway, that's a big reason to oppose gay marriage. Another reason is this. Legalized homosexual marriage, many experts tell us, will eventually lead to legalized a lot of other things. Legalized polygamy, for example. Because if marriage does not mean one man and one woman, then it can mean just about anything. One man and eight women. One woman, four guys. You take the configuration you like. It can mean just about anything. Those experts are right. Some say it will also lead eventually to legalized incest and pedophilia. And some experts have gone so far as to say, and I have read this several times, that it will eventually, somewhere down the road, lead to legalized bestiality. It will certainly destroy the institution of marriage as we've known it. It will definitely lead to the passage of laws specifically designed 
to stifle religious freedom. In fact, what I'm doing now at this pulpit this morning in St. Pius X Church, 10 years down the road, may be illegal. Mark my words. It may be illegal. And legalized homosexual marriage will certainly mean that children in public schools will be taught that sodomy and traditional marriage are morally equal. And if you don't like that being taught to your children in public schools after the legalization of gay marriage, you know what the administration will tell you? Too bad. You have nothing to say about it. There are many reasons to oppose gay marriage. But standing behind all of them, the ones I've mentioned this morning and the many others that could be advanced, is the simple truth that gay marriage is ungodly because it is anti-Trinitarian. The love of the Father and the Son in the Blessed Trinity is fruitful. The love in a gay relationship is not, and it never can be.